Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 35 of The Pond. My name is Colton Pegna, and this episode's a little bit different. We're missing Curtis Kennedy, but Mike, you're here as per usual. How you doing, man? It's a, it's a Tuesday where we got beautiful weather over here in Waterloo. I don't know what, what's going on in O-Town, but uh, beautiful day. Honestly, I wish it was, it was like, it, it's kind of like the Lake Tahoe thing, you know? The weather is beautiful, but definitely not conditions to play pond hockey, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to lie, dude. It's nice here today as well. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited for spring, not going to lie. Yeah. Um, I'm a warm weather person for the most part, so pumped up for that but uh this past week week and a half i've gotten a lot of pond in ripped a bunch of shinny so perfect um definitely got my hockey fix in this year i'm pretty pretty fired up about that yeah. um and buddy all spring means transition to road hockey baby exactly so, uh, gonna have to go out and get myself a proper road hockey stick um we'll be just ripping it up there as well so yeah um i know fired up for the change of seasons yeah oh yeah buddy uh it's it's crazy because usually March this time, you know, we're looking out the window. There's still a shit ton of snow. Weather is just not good. Um, and then as we get into April, it's starting to transition. You know, you get those nice days, but then you get those really cold days too. And it's like, it's just, it's a yucky time yeah. right now because it's, you know, if I'm in winter, I want to be full fledged in winter. You know, I don't want to be like half and half, you know, cause then it just gets, you know, it makes driving shitty. It makes going outside shitty because everything's all muddy and, you know, it's, but yeah, one thing yeah, is that I saw on, uh, the gong show website that they have this game that's called the sauce off game set. And it's, it's like essentially, how can I describe this? It's like two nets on uh, either side, kind of like, uh, you know, like you were playing beer pong or whatever. And you have to essentially just like it's like a little tiny net with a ramp that goes up it and you have to like sauce it across the pavement into the net and i was like dude this this <laughs> summer that is going to be a big a big thing because man like what who who doesn't yeah. love playing a little bit of pond hockey but you can't do it in the summer right so like this is the next best thing yeah definitely yeah, no, everybody's gonna be enjoying the weather getting some beers in them fucking sounds like a good game to play Oh yeah, we're I I'm I it's it's expensive. I think it's like two hundred bones, but I think I'm still oh, gonna. Jesus. Yeah, I think I might I'm, I might go in it with a couple of the boys and uh you know we'll split it and see if we can you know <laughs> I I think it's worth the sacrifice a little bit you know so yeah dude sounds like a good one anything to get hockey in during the off season but Hopefully. yeah Mike we got a little bit of news a little bit of news and then a lot of stuff that we just need to you know get off our chest and talk about this week. Yeah, um, dude, lots have happened. Yeah, like a shit ton. Uh, some good and some really not so good. So just dive yeah. right into that. Yeah, I mean, starting on a bit of a sad note, boys, but uh, Walter Gretzky passed away this week. Um, and man, like, this is... It was crazy to me how many people had a Walter Gretzky story. And it really goes to show, like, even Wayne Gretzky is kind of like, I barely remember seeing him play um, yeah. in my lifetime, right? Um, and so yeah, him, same. like, growing up, he's kind of like the, he had just retired for, for most of our childhood, right? So um, it, was, it was almost a past generation. And Walter Gretzky, like, we didn't get to, get to see him 
come into the Canadian spotlight as Wayne kind of progressed into his NHL career. Um, but to see all of the outpouring of good- goodwill towards Walter Gretzky and everything that that he had done, all the stories about him, and it's crazy, man. Like people that don't even watch hockey or like people our age that like you know worked at a Tim Hortons in in his town, stuff like that. Everybody had a story. Um, I for one, I remember meeting him in an airport when I was like six. Oh no um, way! And dude, we just like I I didn't really even know who he was. I was like, oh, like my mom was like, oh shit, that's Walter Gretzky went up like he was very friendly said hi and like dude like that was his life and it sounds like from all accounts he was so uh so friendly and and warm and welcoming that um we 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 lost a a real canadian icon um and so r.i.p r.i.p to him and uh hope the the gretzky family's doing all right but um this guy's really had a huge impact on canada and the game of hockey i think yeah it's it's actually incredible too, just seeing the amount of uh, pictures that everybody has with him, and it doesn't matter, yeah. you know, if you're just like the average Joe or these like these pro players that are playing in the NHL now. It seems like uh, Walter Gretzky had had uh, you know had a big impact on anybody uh, that was in the hockey community and the hockey world, and that's something that you know I really love about just the hockey community in general is the fact that it doesn't matter who you are. Uh, if you're playing the game, you're part of a massive family that's so much bigger than what anybody even understands it to be. And that's why, you know, growing the game so that more people can get touched and, and get into it. It's uh, yeah. it's just one big family, man. Like, and that's yeah. that's why all these players are so tight and it's such a tight knit group all across the board, like all over the world. So, yeah, it really sucks losing him. And he had a great life. So, yeah. you know, yeah, we're and I mean, remember him like- forever. The, the consummate hockey dad, you know, I mean, I yeah. feel like especially these days, you know, with kids getting such high level training at such a young age um, that a lot of hockey parents get a bad rap nowadays. Right. The, yeah. the crazy parents screaming from the stand sort of thing. Right. And I, I imagine that's an that's an issue across sports uh, to some extent. Right. Right. But, yeah. Um, this is a guy who, you know, you never heard a bad word about him, you know, very um, wholesome guy, you know rips the outdoor rink for the kids um, and very friendly. And it's kind of an example. It sets a great example for, for how the hockey hockey community should or should aim to act. Um, So he leaves, he leaves a a strong and beautiful legacy behind him. That's for sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame, but you know, great life. And you know, the Gretzky's are, are by far going to be the, the most famous um, hockey family ever. Like yeah. in in time ever, it's just yeah. just too bad. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but moving on, um, we got we got a lot of stuff going on in the league right now, buddy. Yeah. Um, and uh, but b- before we get into that, I guess we we got to rip our Twitter question of the week as of always. Yep. Um, and this one coming in from Mark Kennedy. Um, we three got weeks in a row, baby. Three weeks in a row, baby. Coming up with some good questions. Oh, yeah. Um, Taylor Hall in his 8 mil cap hit has two goals and is a minus 13. Says he's willing to sign an extension in Buffalo. Um, must really love the chicken wings. <laughs> 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 he needs to get the hell out of Buffalo, but where does he go? Um, and I'll sauce this one over to you first, Keepak. Yeah, so I know that we wanted to... And, and I think 
um me and mike were just talking before we started recording i think we're gonna leave uh the potential like trade uh you know mm-hmm. rumors and stuff to to when we have curtis on because i know he wanted to talk about it as well and i feel like it's going to be still relevant by the time that we record another episode uh but yeah there's i i talked about this last night at work with a couple of guys i feel like buffalo's in a position where you know they just they don't have what it takes to to push the envelope and really be a team that can compete even with the amount of talent that they have and uh it you know over the last couple seasons we've seen such inconsistency and it seems like every single time that they face any sort of adversity they just want to pull the trigger on on management on coaches and and fire yeah. fire fire and that doesn't work nowadays we've seen it work in certain clubs where you know the coaches come in and they're well respected but this is a completely different story uh when ryan o'reilly left buffalo and went to st louis he said in an interview about how draining it is playing in buffalo and just there's it it just the vibe there is essentially that you know you're you're coming to work you're not coming to have fun and play hockey it's like the guys around you don't enjoy playing the game anymore and it's like if he said that and then he went on his way out and then won a Stanley Cup, there's there's got to be something something going on in Buffalo that I think we don't even know about. Um, yeah. So that being said, like, where do I think Taylor Hall would go? Or sorry, um, Jack Eichel would go. I, I no, mean, it's still Taylor relevant. Hall. Oh, it was Taylor Hall. Okay. Yeah, it's um, Taylor Hall. Yeah. So, well, I mean, both of them are kind of relevant because both yeah. of them are oh, kind of on the chopping block in terms of wanting to get out of there, right? Um it's it's tough to say because Taylor Hall said last year that he wanted to go to a contender, right? And okay. nothing screamed contender about Buffalo. Like, even with Jack Eichel, and we even made the argument a couple times, tried to give the benefit of the doubt to him, being like, oh, yeah, well, um, Jack Eichel's never had, like, another superstar with him to make a playoff run. But then this year comes around, and we're still getting the same Buffalo, like... <laughs> what was the stat? It was like a tweet that was like across um, um, Eichel, Skinner, Taylor Hall, and uh, who was it? I think it was Ocposo. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. That there was like two goals or something, and they're yeah. getting paid a shit ton of money. It was like 20 something mil. And it's like, yeah. okay, at this point, when do you just blow the team up? Like, when do you pull an Ottawa and just say, you know what? We just need to reset. Because at this yeah. point, I don't think it's the coach. I don't think it's the GM. I think it's just literally the team is just at such a, a bad point that they just need to get rid of everybody. And the, the media doesn't help with that either. Um, so Taylor Hall, like if he th- if he's serious about going to a contender, then there's actually a, like a few teams that probably have the the trade space or or the cap space to be able to take you know something on like like a superstar like him and uh still be able to survive but it's it's tough to say right like i don't know i would love to to say that he could go to a team with a bunch of draft picks like uh i would love to see him play on a canadian team to be honest other than like edmonton obviously but that was a long time ago um but like why not go to a team like uh like Ottawa or something where you can get a fresh start and kind of there's not that pressure to perform and and be that like 
you know, I'm going to change the franchise kind of player. Like, they don't need him to be like that, right? They just need yeah. him to be Taylor Hall, which is scoring every once in a while, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's really tough, dude, because, I mean, you you dove into the, the Buffalo side of things really well there, I think, but on just from a personal level, on ta- from Taylor's, if you take it from Taylor Hall's perspective, right? Uh, this guy was a UFA coming into this year, right? kind of got screwed by the whole COVID situation, ended up having to settle on a one-year deal, right? So yeah. Um, at the beginning of the season, we were saying, you know, that's probably a win-win situation for the team and the player. You know, the team gets a high-end forward that they can kind of try to convince to stay it after a year. And Taylor Hall gets to be a UFA again at the end of this season after having spent the season playing on Jack Eichel's wing, which presumably will be a spot where he can succeed. Yeah. Obviously, that isn't the case. Um, so for me, like, I mean, Buffalo has to be sellers, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if he got moved, um, at like at the deadline, close to the deadline, but because of how difficult it is to move players with like the quarantine rules, stuff like that, I also wouldn't be shocked if he just played out the year or they got a really small return for him. And here's the thing, dude, at this point in Taylor Hall's career, I mean, He's what, three three seasons removed from the Hart Trophy? Yeah. Um, and he really hasn't shown much since then to kind of convince anybody that he's even a superstar in the league right now. Right. You know, like yeah. obviously he has that upside, but it's not it's not showing up. Um and having been a player that's been on like kind of bounced around, you know, going from Edmonton to New Jersey to Arizona, Buffalo now, you know, kind of kind of making the rounds of all the garbage teams in the league um i wouldn't be shocked if taylor hall took a big discount to get longer term uh, get a longer term deal and just get a little bit of stability in terms of where he's playing um and you mentioned edmonton dude i wouldn't be shocked i mean if edmonton could put in a player like taylor hall for like four four and a half mil um and i'm not saying he'll go that low but um i think if he does kind of sacrifice some money to get get a long ter- longer term deal that it opens the door to a lot more teams but because on the other end of things like i don't know how many teams in the league at this point looking at this season the last season look at him and are like yeah that's a player i want to pay eight million dollars a year yeah yeah it, exactly like at what point like how many more seasons does he have to play where he underperforms until people start to realize that maybe he's not the player that everybody thought he was. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, think I think it's a great point what you said about taking a discount because at this point, you know, even if he said, all right, you know what? I'm going to do another one-year deal, but it's going to be a prove-it deal. And it's like, you know what? He needs to, he needs to prove it now because before it, everything was spoken for itself, you know? Now yeah. it's it's different. It's way different because we've seen him bounce from team to team to team and still, at the end of the day, we're looking at him like, where where was that Hart Trophy season that you had? You know? Yeah. It's just, it's not there. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, dude, like, there are, I think, probably only a couple teams that you could count as contenders that I think would take a chance on him. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, like, an Edmonton sort of team that they could fit him in pretty nicely if they could get a reasonable cap hit on him. Yeah. Um, 
And it's going to be interesting to see what his decision-making process is there because obviously he's made a good amount of money, right? Like not, no, nothing against him. If he just wants to, you know, cash in, play out his career, make bank, but, um, and it'll be interesting to see because maybe, maybe that, like he said, he wants to go to a contender a few years in a row. Hasn't really materialized. Right. So, no. um, and not only is it not materialized, he hasn't really produced to the standard that would, help his team become a contender so exactly um it's a it's a really tough one and it sucks for him dude because otherwise i feel like he was getting a big payout last season right like he would have probably got like seven eight mil over a few years and you have a little bit of job security um but like on the other side of that i think like you're saying buffalo needs to blow it up but i feel like maybe just not pulling the they, they may take the not pull the trigger route you know Maybe yeah. just keep keep that same group of guys, try and integrate the players a little bit better and, you know, come back strong next season. Because, I mean, if we're being honest, like, to be perfectly honest, I mean, I know why my dark horse, they were my dark horse out of that division at the beginning of the year. But, like, realistically, it was a big ask for yeah. them to make the playoffs out of that division anyways. Right. So when you think about it in those terms, it's like, is coming last in the division really that much worse than missing the playoffs by like one position yeah yeah i i I hear you yeah and i mean it's an interesting uh decent transition actually too into the the proposed draft lottery changes which could be a big deal for a team like buffalo who if they're looking into that kind of you know blow it up rebuild mentality um this might limit their chances to do so a little bit right um so the the new ch- proposed changes would be um, teams would be limited to no more than two lottery wins in a five year period. Um, so you couldn't have more than two first overalls in a year or in five years. Um, teams would only be allowed to jump ten spots to win the lottery. That that one makes sense. I think, yeah. Right? Oh, big time. Yeah. And then a reduction in the number of picks decided by lottery from three to two. So you could only win a lottery on second and first overall instead of first, second, and third. Okay. Okay. Um, but dude, like that, I think the big one there is the the winning the lottery twice in five years, right? Like, it's I presumably to stop like an Edmonton sort of situation, yeah. but yeah, it's not even like they were like purposely tanking to get more first overall picks. They just were doing a terrible job of picking and building a team, right? Yeah. Um. So it's going to be interesting to see whether that plays out because a team like Buffalo, like you look at what the Sens did, you as you mentioned, like kind of blow it up, move Carlson, move Mark Stone, um, Duchesne to Zingle, Duchesne to Zingle, yeah. So I mean, it, like Buffalo has the pieces to do a similar thing here, right? Like you got Eichel, Hall. I mean, maybe Olafson. I don't know if you would actually want to move him, but. Right. Um, there's pieces there, right? And you're gonna you're gonna end up with a number of first round picks, presumably if you move those players. So um those lottery chances would be pretty high. And I mean it's not looking like they're gonna turn it around quickly by any means. So twice in five years is definitely possible for them. Um so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because that'll definitely change their thinking on on how quickly and how hard they wanna just snap the fingers on the rebuild. Yeah. Uh well and the thing is, too, is that you gotta, and and the reason why I'm gonna get into this a tiny bit is just because we've seen it in other leagues, like um, the NBA. It seems like there's it. That's more of a players' league. Like they have a lot more power over where they go, 
And if they want to go to a, a team and create a super team, it's more in their hands than it is, you know, the GMs or anything like that. But you got to look at players like, uh, like Rasmus Dahlin, where, you know, the kid is 20, 21 years old, and he's, he, like, he's, he's still so young. And he's yeah. just, his career is getting wasted away in a, in a place like Buffalo, where you know for a fact that there are other teams in the league that would die to have, like, they would, they would give off, like, an arm and a leg just to be able to have him on a one or a two year deal. Um, oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, how are you supposed to get better as a defenseman if your team is just getting blown up all the time? Like, all the time, right? Because you look at a team like Ottawa and you'd look at a player like Thomas Shabbat or any of their other young players where you're thinking, okay, well, they're getting scored on and losing almost every single night. But there's a difference there is because though they know that there's no pressure to win, right? They know that all the guys around there, like all, like pretty much everybody on the team is having fun playing hockey. And the coach is, is even said like they, they like playing under DJ Smith. They like, yeah. They like the ability to to go out there, and if they have a bad night, it's kind of expected for them to be not like winning every single hockey game. So there's no pressure there, right? There's good yeah. leadership. There's good, um, like there's just kind of like good chemistry between all the players. You can see it before and after and during the games. They love playing for each other and playing with each other. And then you go to Buffalo, where it seems like every single like you look at the bench. And if you pan across and see all the players' faces, they look like they don't want to be there. Like they they yeah. look like the first period, th- how some teams look at the end of the game. So there needs to be something that changes in in Buffalo. And if I'm Buffalo, like how much longer do you keep these guys on massive contracts just to have them underperform? And then you say, okay, we'll do it again next season. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, because yeah, I well, it, and I think I think you look at Jack Eichel, man, and like. I I remember when I was, God, okay, when I was 11, I played, it was my first year playing competitive soccer. Yep. I was playing on a double A team that was like the smallest town, shittiest double A team you have probably ever seen in your entire life. We lost every single game by double digits. Um, and I would score like a goal a game and we'd lose 16 to one. Right. Um, it was just brutal, but the team was fun. The kids were nice. I had a blast playing. Right. So the end of that season, I got recruited to go next season, try out for a much stronger club at the AAA level. Um, but uh, because of different circumstances, I was like, no, you know, like I had fun this year. I'll just go back, play, play for this shitty team again. Like we'll have a blast. Like it is what it is. Right. I came back. I was committed to doing that. Probably four games into the season, maybe not even. I was having the worst time ever because, you know, one season of being shit like that, like you get to know the guys, it's, you can still have a decent time. The second season, when you're like maybe expecting to improve a little bit, like you know where you stand, you're like, okay, like we could be better, and you're just not, it wears on you so quickly. Yeah. And I feel like we might be seeing that a little bit from Jack Eichel this year where he did so much last season and just couldn't get them across the line kind of fade burnt out a little bit by the end of the season. And then, you know, they make the moves, you know, they bring in Taylor Hall. Um, they've got a new, co- or like they had the coach then the last season, but Ralph Kruger coming in, like, you know, kind of seemed like he energized the team a bit. And now they're just dog shit. And yeah. Yeah. I feel like, you know, like, especially with maybe a little bit raised expectations, 
it can wear on you pretty quick and you can get demoralized. And I feel like maybe that's kind of where Jack Eichel is right now. Um, production's gone down a bit. And as you said, you know, like the Buffalo, maybe they're just not having that much fun playing. And as you said, like with what Ryan O'Reilly said, um, I mean, you hear like the Buffalo Bills players say, you know, like we love the city. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. But maybe the, the lifestyle or like, the values that buff like football players have are different from what hockey players do in their spare time, you know? Right. And maybe, maybe Buffalo just is not a great city for hockey players or at this moment in time, at least Buffalo's yeah. had good hockey teams in the past. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe it's just a, a combination of factors that's just leading into, you know, it's off ice stuff that just kind of dr- like, uh, eventually spills into your on ice play. Yeah. Um, cause man, it's brutal. So they, they, get, they're not bad players. Right. They have a lot of good, very good players on that team that are just not playing well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, you know, when it happens like a couple times, you can say, okay, maybe it's the coach or maybe it's just this combination of guys. But when it happens over and over and over again, I mean, you got to start looking at other things. Yeah. It's uh, well, and you know, it's a, uh, the analogy you gave with, with uh, your soccer is actually perfect. Cause I know I I went through literally the exact same thing with my um like my it's not a beer league soccer team but it's my work league and yeah. um me and one other guy on our team are the like the best on the team and it is super hard like I obviously love playing soccer so getting out there and actually being able to play is really fun but yeah we like I think we've won one game in like the last 3 years of us playing and the, yeah. one one singular game where it was a close game, it wasn't even like a blowout either. So, um, yeah. and and coming and and when you're like in halfway through the game and you're already down by three to four goals, and you're like, holy yeah. shit! Like, what do we have to at this point? What do we have to lose? Like, I'm not gonna, you know, sprint that extra little bit in order to try to get the ball or whatever. You know, you could say the exact same thing for hockey. Like, if you're losing at night in and night out, what makes you want to go out and push the the limit? Like yeah. there's, there's not really yeah. a whole lot, especially when nobody around you and none of your teammates are having fun doing it. No, like yeah. nobody's going to be in it. Yeah. So, and dude, when you're at the level, someone like, like I'm going to pick Jack Eichel because obviously he's an absolute superstar. Yeah. Um, when you're, when you're someone that's that good at what you do, no matter what it is, at least in the sports where I mean, probably even outside the sports world, right? Like yeah. you have to be ultra competitive Mm -hmm. to get to that level to drive yourself to get to that level um and you know you you have to hate losing and i mean if you're jack eichel you're looking at you're looking at that team you're looking at that franchise and man like it 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 wears on you quick i think and yeah you know like i i bailed on that team halfway through the season i was like (laughs) i'm gonna go play triple a yeah um yeah and I, I, it was a great decision. Hmm. Um, so we'll have to see. And I, we'll, we'll get into the Jack Eichel stuff with Kurt in a couple of weeks when he's back yeah. on. But yep. um, Buffalo's got some big decisions to make. And they got them coming up quick because, like, with the Taylor Hall situation, dude, if you don't move him, you're giving him up for free probably. Exactly, or, yeah. Or you're paying him probably pretty big bucks to stick around for, like, no reason, yep. seemingly. Ex- right? Exactly, so, right. And it's like, yeah. if I'm, if I'm, tr- if I'm Buffalo right now, I'm trying to salvage what we have left of 
the rest of the season. And even if you can get a draft pick, it, like for for Taylor Hall, yeah. if yeah. you can get something for him, it's better than nothing, right? Because at this yeah. point, there's not a single person can say right now that Buffalo is in contention for the playoffs. It's not. No, it's not, not happening. Close. Yeah. Well, and so. dude, it's a crazy contrast because like talking about the city of Buffalo and maybe the the outside like external factors not playing in well to the way the team performs. Yep. You got a fucking 180 degree turn to Chicago, which is a legit hockey town and a team that was supposed to be trending in the absolute opposite direction of Buffalo, yeah. right? Like yeah. going into the rebuild as per Stan Bowman. Yeah. Um and buddy, they are buzzing. Yeah, they're um, they're buzzing, dude. Absolutely tearing it up. We got Kirby Doc coming back soon. Big fans of him over here. Yeah. Um, and dude, like they actually might make the playoffs at this rate. Yeah, man, they're sitting in the fourth spot right now, um, beating out Columbus, Nashville, Dallas, and Detroit. Um, and dude, it's it's they don't even have like games in hand. Like Dallas is uh. You know, they have six yeah, more games to play, behind, yeah. but, you know, they're also like 11 points, uh, 12 points away from Chicago. Uh, Chicago's yeah. sitting at 31 points and, uh, dude, like, it's actually incredible to see a team that has been sustainably, like, or has sustained being good for so long now and with the same somewhat core guys you know there's been guys that have come in and out and guys who have retired like i know um yeah you know duncan keith still on the on the back end for them i know brent seabrook just retired um and then same with Corey crawford he moved before you know or he retired yeah. after he moved um and then jonathan taves even being out too and it still seems like like chicago's plus two they're plus yeah. two goal differential like <laughs> you know it's if if you were to tell me right now that they were or like at the beginning of the season that they were going to be plus two this far in. And you look at teams like Vancouver, Calgary, and Ottawa, where they're heavily in the minus. Yeah. It's like, yeah. holy shit, man. This is awesome. Like, well, and dude, they're scoring a lot of goals too. Like they're one yeah. of the highest scoring teams in the league. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really entertaining hockey to watch, which is what Chicago has done for years and years and years now. And mm -hmm. um, the fact that they're able to do it without Jonathan Taves too is such a, a big statement about um the guys that they have on that team right now and uh if they keep playing like this like i don't know man i i think that they can get in like if, yeah, if you're stan if you're stan bowman what like what do you, <laughs> you feel what like do you a say jackass. yeah you feel like a jackass although the other end of that stick it's like okay i drafted really really well right because these young guys are coming in and doing so well that i can't even rebuild like yeah like that we rebuilt without me knowing it exactly it's like it's not necessarily a bad thing that you're doing yeah. well but like i don't know i can see them actually it's like carolina florida and tampa like tampa obviously being the outlier yeah. of being significantly better um yeah. than carolina florida and potentially chicago but we also just don't know what this postseason is going to bring because you know if you get in there's a shot you know there's a shot yeah. at the cup and it would be a like, you know, it'd be a long shot, but a shot is still, you know, yeah. a chance, right? So, yeah, totally. And it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting because this is a division where points percentage at the end of the season may be a factor. Yeah. Right. Because Dallas has played so few games, it is still possible that they may not play all 56. Right. Um, 
right now Chicago's still ahead of them on points percentage, but I'm just like I'm just looking at it like you know they're exactly 12 points behind with 6 games. So they could potentially catch Chicago with the games in hand that they have. Yep. But if you're Chicago, like you much rather have the points than have the games left to play, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and Dallas like they started really hot and they haven't been great since. Um so like I mean we saw it last year they went on an absolute tear um after after like play resumed, right? But um like I don't know if they have it in them to do it again, you know, they they still don't have Tyler Sagan. Um Jamie Ben is not producing very much right now. Nope. And it all it, it feels like maybe this is they they're going to kind of fall off this year maybe a little bit. And Yeah. They they've already dug themselves a bit of a hole, um, having kind of fallen back a little bit there, right? Like obviously they have those games in hand, but they're also not playing 500 hockey right now. Like they're below 500, so I yeah. And if you look at that division, I mean, I don't think Columbus or Nashville at this point in time look anything like making a playoff run. So no, if, yeah. if anyone's going to catch Chicago, I'd say it's going to be Dallas and. I feel like that's a pretty long shot at this point. So yeah, Chicago's just got to keep it up. And that's the thing is that I feel like they could still just fall off a cliff a little bit, but they do still have that leadership. As you mentioned, like Duncan Keith, Patty Kane, um, presumably Jonathan Taves is still around even if he's not playing. Yeah. Um, so like you do still have some of those core guys that can kind of, kind of balance the team out a bit and, uh, and keep them steady. It's so, Dude, like I, I can't imagine them getting any higher than fourth in this division, but they're looking good for a playoff run right now. Yeah, and I mean, this is all being done without Kirby Doc too, and we saw him last year take a big mm-hmm. step and become one of those players that um you know, one of those players that I, I is a little bit understated after coming out of the draft. They, you know, obviously goes high, right? high first rounder, but nobody really was talking about him prior to the season starting and being like, this is yeah. a guy who could potentially win the Calder. And um, now, like, we saw it in, uh, like, last year, just towards the end, how he was he was just, it, like, almost highlight real goals every single time yeah. he was going he was down the ice. The, he was on a heater in the playoffs, it, too. Yeah, exactly. And then, so, Chicago able to do this without him and then yesterday seeing footage of him on the ice practicing with the team is just incredible to see because i feel yeah. like you know you're you're on this like you're on a tear you're starting to do well and all of a sudden you inject kirby doc into the lineup and it's a huge like morale boost you know everybody's yeah. just happy to have him back he's a i remember listening to the spit and chicklets uh episode uh with him on it and dude, he just seems like such a chill dude, like such a a good, like a, a good soul. Like the guy just seems yeah. like he's super likable. And to to get him back on the ice after the injury he had during the World Junior tournament, with oh man, like I know oh, that dude. that World Junior team would have been way different without him. So oh yeah, we would have we might have caught the dub there at the end. Yeah, but, uh, I, for sure, dude. That's that's a good point too because he's gonna. I I can only imagine he's gonna be buzzing. You think of the hockey he's missed. So, you know, he kind of like pressures the front office to let him go to the juniors. Yep. Goes, gets injured. So not only like he misses the whole world junior tournament, then misses the beginning of the season. And now he's been sitting there for almost half the season at this point, watching his team who was expected to kind of be dog shit pop off. 
And so now he's missed that as well. And so he's probably chomping at the bit to get going. Oh, this yeah. Is a, this is a rested guy. He hasn't been playing every other night for the past two months, right? Like, he's going to come in. I would expect him to come in flying. And maybe it'll take him a little bit to get his timing and produce points. But just bringing that energy into the locker room can can be a massive boost as well. Oh, yeah. He'll, be, he'll come out and he'll be just ready to go. And even if he's not playing up to the the standard of what he was he will catch up and he'll get you know he'll get his his uh legs under him and he'll he'll be yeah. able to go quickly i have like i have all the faith in the world that this guy's gonna come in just absolutely flying and it's gonna make the chicago team even more deadly than what they already are so yeah. um i'd love to see them in the playoffs i don't know about you but yeah, i can't team, i can't team. think of a uh, of another team in that division that i'd want to see in there more than chicago so yeah i mean if we're being honest, they'll probably get just completely dusted by Tampa in the first round. But yeah, yeah, I think that would be a fun series. A lot of goals. Yeah, I you know what? I personally want to see Chicago end up in the third spot. So we have a Tampa, Florida um, in the playoffs. That would be really, really entertaining. Man, um, I actually yeah. think Florida could beat them. I'm really high on Florida right now. Yeah, man, they're they're buzzing. Yeah. They are they are playing really good hockey, and it seems like like we don't have to get into it because we have some other stuff that we still have to talk about in terms <laughs> of news. But we've gone off on a, a long tangent. But um, Bobrovsky actually is is you know starting to make garbage. saves. Yeah. yeah, he's starting yeah. to make saves for them again, which is like holy <laughs> shit! I didn't know if that was gonna happen. So. Yeah, and Ekblad is having a year as well. Oh yeah, they got, yep. they got some of their secondary guys really stepping up this season, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's move on. We had some big high-profile um, Department of Player Safety issues this yep. past week. I guess I'll, I'll put it like that. With the usual um, offenders. Yeah. Yeah. Usual suspects. But I think it's worth talking about just the DPS, like the player safety people in general, and like what are they doing, man? Yeah. Like okay, so let's start. Let's start. We'll start with the Tom Wilson one because that's the obvious one, right? Right. So Tom Wilson gets seven games for pancaking brandon carlos face into the boards um <laughs> and i mean the capitals players came out and defended them they're like yeah this suspension's a joke he didn't even he hasn't even appealed it i mean this was pretty clear cut sussy like yeah yeah he, sure maybe he didn't the first part of carlos body that he hit maybe wasn't his head but the end result was Tom Wilson's shoulder, Brandon Carlo's head, and then the boards, and nothing else. Right. And the, just a really, really rough look. Obviously, a multiple repeat offender. Um, and a deserved suspension. I think a lot of people were asking for more games on this one. Yeah. Um, and you got. I think you got to remember, like, seven games, is that's one-eighth of your season. Right. Right? So that's, like, 12 to 15% of your season right there. Which is which big. Is, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the equivalent of like an eight, nine, ten game suspension in uh in a regular season, right? So, um, I, I don't mind the term. I, I think it's decent where it is, but like, I I don't know. I don't know what you could call for in terms of more than that. I think this is one where player safety probably got it right. Uh, I think longer than seven games would be fairly harsh. Um, but this is a guy that it's like literally every season it's something right yeah um, and i think something has to be done to just like how can you just stop that from happening because god damn dude like 
this guy's gonna kill someone eventually yeah it's you know um it's tough to it's a tough angle to to come at because you know uh from first glance the hit seems relatively clean until you see the head contact at the end and that's what they're trying to avoid right and it begs the question like if this was an open ice hit would it would it have ended up the way that it did and i don't think so because yeah. you know the board play is where a lot of the issues happen and a lot of the suspensions happen is is when a player is against the boards or around the boards and you know they have the boarding penalty for a reason but you know it seems that these hits that end up with players being injured or players uh, getting suspended, it's not the open ice hits anymore. It's the the hits that are in the corners. It's the hits on the boards um, that are really, really putting players' mm -hmm. uh, like livelihoods and their careers in jeopardy with these massive hits. And this is another one. We know Tom Wilson to be a physical player and use a ton of physicality just in, in all aspects of his game. You know, he's yeah, that yeah, he's he the typical power forward, right? Um, so that being said, you know, how close are we to to seeing like hits near the boards being almost completely taken out of the game? Because at this point, it seems like a lot of times when we when these guys that are known for their massive hits, when they hit somebody around the boards, it always seems to end up badly. Unless yeah, it's a, a I don't know. A completely, you know, um, you know, the guy sees it a hundred percent. And then, yeah. you know, like, well, but I mean, like, I think that's the thing is it's a predatory hit. Yeah. You, know, you, you just don't you don't have to make that hit. Right. Um, and I, I think that is what they're trying to get out of the game. You know, like you got to you got to keep the, the players safe. And like the open ice hits, I think, are way more obvious. Right. Like, yeah, you you get someone shoulder to head middle of the ice. We've seen a couple of suspensions for that already this year. Um, one on McKinnon. Yeah. Um, and like that stuff i think is is pretty clear cut right like yeah you, you completely pop the guy he's down for the count like it's a penalty it's when it gets in along the boards i feel like there's more gray area because it's like oh did the guy with the puck turn his back and like all these like minute details where it's like at the end of the day all of those details are like less relevant than just like should you have made that hit and right. I think a lot of the time with Tom Wilson, the answer is no, you, you should not have made that hit. Yeah. Um, and he got sussied for it, which not doing any favors to my fantasy team. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Matched yeah. up against Kurt. Kurt, we got a rematch this week. So I'm um, expecting big things, but yep. um, you know, that's, that's another one. And this is a guy like, you know, he has that reputation. Obviously he's a great player for Washington, but um, that's not the sort of thing you really, you really want to see. So hopefully Hopefully over time, like he can kind of clean up his game. I feel like a lot of those guys, the later into their careers they get, like the less of that sort of thing we see. But right. um, seven games is tough, and that's a tough division too. Like Washington's gonna miss him for for a couple games there. Yep, he's not he's not just you know a player that goes out and and labels people just to to make yeah. a living. You know the guy actually has some talent and can put the puck in the net. So that's gonna be a big loss for Washington and. I know that they'll mm -hmm. they'll still be able to survive, but that's that that's a big yeah. loss, you know. Yeah, yeah, dude. And so the the more honestly, the more um the more crazy plays this week for me were the two slewfoots. Yeah, Brett Pesci just ruin Robbie Fabry in front of the net. Yeah. Um, and then we had uh, 
who is the other one? Kyler Yamamoto yeah. as well. Yeah. Against um Calgary, I believe. And like I don't remember seeing ever such blatant slew foots in the NHL. Um that's like for some reason the slew foot feels like a sort of play that all NHLers have kind of like decided is off bounds. Yeah. Um more so than than the the hits to the head even. And like yeah, you would see the occasional slew foot where they kind of just like came in behind them, took their leg out. But these were like defined kicks at the back of people's legs to take their legs out. Yeah. Um in a way that I don't remember seeing before. And maybe I'm maybe I just didn't see them beforehand, but these were like particularly egregious. And it's a super dangerous play. I mean, you hit your head on the ice, you you fall weird, break a wrist. Like there's so much that can happen there. Um and neither of them got suspended. Both got fined. Like I think the max is like 3k. Yeah, so he got uh fined $3,854. Such a weird like so yeah. I don't know why that exact yeah. number, but Yeah, it's like that's the max for whatever reason. And yeah. like I feel like these these sorts of plays when it's so blatantly deliberate and aggressive, it feels to me like that has to be a suspension, even if it's just one game or two games. Yeah. Um that's like for me, that's one hundred percent intent to injure. Yeah. Um yeah. and you know, like just a three K fine, like I'm sorry. That's like uh that's almost a pat on the back like fuck yeah it's i don't know i that's a, that's a night out for some of these guys yeah exactly i was gonna say i don't think anybody really is going to be like it doesn't matter whether you're um like a fourth line guy or you're a first line guy and you're getting paid 11 mil four thousand dollars is not like that's that's barely yeah that's barely a dent in not a hockey player's bank account you know what i mean like four thousand yeah. dollars is just it's not going to teach a lesson and it's like, if you really want to teach a lesson, you need to go for the one or two game suspensions and, and let these guys know that, hey, you you can do that, but you're going to get punished for a play like that. Yeah. And yeah. Th- it's crazy because, you know, uh, this is the one sport where slew footing is, is, you know, a thing, right? Like, you can't really slew mm-hmm. foot in any other sport because of, like, the ice, yeah. the ice is the, the segue, right? So You could slew um, foot in curling. <laughs> yeah exactly I, w- I wonder what the fine would be there eh? <laughs> get but, out of here yeah exactly but it's i don't know man it's it's so like slew footing is just it's so dirty and it's like yeah. you know even if like sometimes players wires cross and they do shit that they they obviously regret doing and i i don't think kyler yamamoto has is one of those players that you know has been uh a dirty player throughout his career so far. Um, yeah. So it, it's just, it's in, there needs to be something higher than a fine for a slew foot because slew footing yeah. could potentially be career ending. Like I know uh, a couple seasons ago, or I think it was last season, but it was like in December time. So it was like uh, before the pause. Um, yeah. When I went to Montreal and I saw Co- uh, Colorado versus Montreal, um, Zadorov, I watched him crunch, uh caught Kenyemi and um he like pinched him up against the boards and then um I think he was just trying to like work him or something and he ended up just sweeping him off like underneath his legs and just completely slew footing him and like dropping him on his head and I remember caught Kenyemi was out for a decent amount of the season and it's like he didn't even get fined or suspended for that and it's like man 
there needs to be something done because it seriously can like you can break somebody's neck. Yeah, dude, it's a dangerous play. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe it's because you like I, I, I need to look into it more. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but it definitely felt like these guys were winding up full flown like full blown like drop kicks. Yeah. On these the back of these guys' legs. Yeah. And it's like I don't ever remember seeing like, something like that in NHL. No. It's like maybe because these were so egregious, it's like out of character. Maybe they didn't have a precedent to, to suspend for that. But right, man, it, it, it felt like something more needed to be done there. Even like even just a bigger fine. Like it's so little. It's just come on. Like, why yeah. do you even bother? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, dude, that's that was something I just want to talk about that because, man, like I don't I don't remember ever seeing that shit before and it just seemed seemed extra bad for for how how the the league reacted to it so yeah um we'll have to keep a tab on that i guess yeah for sure yeah and oh dude we got we got some more news we haven't even touched on yet yep um calgary ripping a coaching change yep um i mean so who'd they bring in they brought in uh sutter which sutter brent sutter yes yep um so i don't know obviously he's had success in the nhl i'm not oh wait daryl no Darryl it's daryl sutter yeah who yeah okay they all yeah. look the same anyway yeah i know <laughs> um, <laughs> um so i mean jeff ward i guess obviously took over after their coaching scandal last season right and I don't know a whole lot about Jeff Jeff Ward as a coach and like his methods. Daryl Sutter is a bit more of a known quantity. Um, and I'm kind of on the fence in this one because on one hand, my gut reaction was similar to Line A going to get coached by Torts, where I was yeah. like, Calgary's got some of those guys like Goudreau, Backland, that like maybe are not that kind of uh receptive to that hard nosed style of coaching. Yeah. Um and that's purely based off how they play in like gritty situations. I, I honestly like obviously have no actual proof of that. Um but on the other hand, if he's able to get the team as a whole playing that way, they do have pieces. Like obviously Matthew Kachuk is like a consummate Daryl Sutter player, right? Right. So they've got the pieces there. I'm just curious because I feel like the big problem has been production from their top guys. And I don't see a world where Daryl Sutter gets that to be better. I feel like he's just going to double down on being a very hard team to play against. And I don't know if that's enough at this point for Calgary because they have a bit of a hill to climb um, ahead of them there to get into the playoffs. And none of the teams ahead of like they're behind Vancouver right now, dude. Like they have yeah. some games in hand, but yeah. they're not doing well. Yeah. And like you look at Montreal, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Toronto, and none of those teams really look like slowing down all that much. So I uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is enough to get across the line. And I, I just I always look at Calgary's lineup and I just feel like they're not that good. Yeah. And I, I, know. I know they're better than I'm like imagining them in my head, but it just doesn't feel like they have the pieces to be a contender. Yeah, well, it seems like to be a broken record at this point that uh Calgary you know, he they overperform in uh, the regular season and then go into the playoffs and just they the, the fire dies. It burns out, you know. Um, and 
so Brad Tree Living, uh, Calgary GM, uh, said, and I quote, there are certain times that require patience and times that require action. After watching our team the last days and weeks, I felt this was a time for action. So, and, and he said, the biggest strength I see in Daryl is his ability to be clear. So, being able to get across something to your team is something that um, some coaches don't have the ability to do, right? And um, not to not to say that it wasn't happening before, uh, but I just don't, I I kind of I agree with you in the sense that like, is somebody like Daryl Suter gonna be a, a a coach that is gonna push them in the right direction towards what Calgary has been good at throughout the multiple seasons that we've seen them play? Like if you look back on their President's Trophy. Uh, run a couple years ago, they, they were unstoppable, and then they got into the playoffs and and they got snuffed like immediately. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's just I maybe the the core guys are just they they just can't get going at the right times, and it's and we're starting to see a lot of weaknesses right now, um, in Calgary and like they it, uh, before it was kind of like you know okay well they didn't have a goaltender so you know they had to rely on on veterans like you know, Mike Smith and stuff like that. But now they have Markstrom and they're still struggling. And so yeah. it's, it's, I don't know. I can't even pinpoint what it necessarily is, but I wouldn't have said it was the coaching. That was the issue. Yeah, no. And dude, the other, okay. So here's the other weird thing. I mean, say what you will about how Calgary and Montreal have been performing, but the only two coaches fired this season have been on Canadian teams, right? Yeah. You look, um, the Rangers, they're doing a bit better now. They didn't start well. You've got Torts in Columbus. You've got Nashville, who's severely underperforming according to their expectations. Same with Dallas. Um, and then, you know, like maybe, maybe nobody in the West, but I feel like there's a few coaches there that could or should be on the hot seat, right. um, that we aren't seeing. And then in the Canadian division, like, Kind of both of like maybe not the Calgary one, the Montreal one. I feel like took people by surprise a bit. Yeah, um, for sure. And so like it's it's it comes back to that thing where it's like are when once the divisions play each other in the conference finals, are we going to find out that one or two divisions are just significantly better? Yeah. Um, and I wonder that with the Canadian division, where I feel like every team in the Canadian division has an obvious flaw. Right. Um, and some teams that that flaw has been exploited more so like Montreal, Calgary have made moves to fix that coaching changes, goalie coaching changes in Montreal. Yep. Um, but is that, is that a sign that their competition, like the player to teams above them are really good or is it a sign that maybe nobody's that great? Um, yeah. And it's going to, going to be an interesting one to watch because like Toronto and Edmonton have slowed down a little bit. Winnipeg's picked it up. Montreal looks like they might be bouncing back now. Um, but it's going to be really interesting come the end of the season to see those guys play against like your Tampa Bays or Las Vegas, like a team like that where yeah. they may have more points now, but on like when you, when you actually look at the matchup, it's like, can any of these Canadian teams really match up with those guys? I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, we'll see. It's just, you know, um, you look at a team like Arizona out west, and then you look at a team like uh, the Islanders out east, um, and then you look yeah. up at the the Northern Division or the Canadian Division, as we like to call it, on the pond. Um, 
there's there's none of that islander style berry trots kind of yeah. play style yeah. in the north there's not it's it's kind of just every every single team in the north is is um fast offense it's skill it's scoring off the rush um no there's no other play style really it's or no team has has molded themselves to be um that kind of play style anyways so uh yeah it's it's definitely something that's interesting and you know obviously we're going to find out in the playoffs whether or not this is something bigger than what we thought it was going to be but i think you're right yeah. man we we could see uh some of these canadian teams going into like going into the playoffs and and either uh like feasting or or you know yeah well because that's a thing and maybe the north division has more free wins you know like you look at the three teams not in the playoffs right now, Vancouver, Calgary, and Ottawa. You compare that to the East Division, where Philadelphia, New York, and New Jersey are the three sitting outside. And all none of those teams have been easy to beat. No. Even New Jersey has has taken some big dubs. They beat Boston one nothing the other day. Who saw yeah. that coming? Yep. Um you go down to the central, Columbus, Nashville, Dallas. Columbus and Nashville, all three of those teams are underperforming, but by no means are those teams easy wins. Yeah, those are the home records, right? Yeah, and then down in the West, you got Arizona, who's playing surprisingly well, LA and Anaheim, both of whom have gotten decent goaltending, not easy wins this year. So yeah, it's like maybe the bad teams are a little bit worse, and it's artificially inflating the top teams. Yeah, um, It's going to be interesting to see, for sure, because um, it's curious to me that the Canadian teams are the ones pulling the triggers on those... Uh, those coaching changes in situations where that might not necessarily be what you expect the move to be. So, yeah, it's, and and realistically, like if this is the only season that we have these divisions then it'll be the only sample size that we'll be able to, um, yeah, look at when it comes to this issue. Uh, but it's definitely interesting to just like, look at and be like, wow, this is, this could actually be a thing. You know what I mean? So, Um, yeah, we'll just have to, we'll probably mention it a couple more times, uh, over the rest of the season and see, you know, were we, were we right or were we wrong? Um, mm-hmm. I, that's weird. I haven't heard anybody talk about that though. It's a really great point. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting too. Like I, I was thinking about it more from a viewer standpoint, like, I don't know how you and Kurt and the boys have been, been doing, but like, I was so hyped. I watched like so much hockey, so much Canadian division the first month of the season, you know, get those big rivalries. It was exciting games, but yeah. at this point in time, I feel like kind of the novelty of it's weared off, like worn off a little bit. Yeah. And I feel like this would not be an ideal division format to keep. Because no, I think it waters down those rivalries a little bit too much. I mean, this past battle of Alberta was probably the first one where we saw a legit battle of Alberta. Right. Right. And we see those rivalry teams, maybe pacing themselves a little bit more in those games. Mm hmm which kind of kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of it. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, dude, like I'm so excited. Conference finals are going to be so interesting to watch. Yeah, because we're going to we're going to get some very, very different looking teams there. Oh, yeah, it's and and yeah, like you said, it's just I don't know. There's a reason why I don't really watch baseball. And that's because when I when I watch a game, it's like, all right, that was cool. And then I have to watch that exact same team play the other team about three or four yeah. more times. And I'm like, OK, well, what else is going to change in the next like couple games? And a lot of the times, if there's a better team, they're usually the clear cut victors at the end of the series. Right. So yeah. 
And, you know, we, we haven't had anything like that in hockey other than in the postseason. So now when, for, for me at least, and this is just like, you know, coming from a Colorado fan uh, perspective, which I want to get into them um, yeah. after this, uh, but it's when I'm watching, you know, a team like Colorado play Anaheim and Arizona and LA over and over again, it's like, I was wondering, I was thinking to myself the other day, like, why is it that Colorado scoring is down? And it's because they're not playing teams that are offensively like gifted where they're just, you know, pushing five, six, seven goals a game or they could um, potentially every single game. It's like, you know, these are teams that win one nothing or teams that win two one or three two, you know, it's just it's getting a little bit old and it's like, you know. Yeah, I'm just craving like Colorado Vegas again. Like, you know, I'm yeah, craving dude. Minnesota Colorado, which I never thought I'd say in my life, but you know, <laughs> and given the circumstances, you know, and uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, but yeah, well, and I'm curious to get your take on this because Colorado's sitting down in fourth in the division right now. I think we both had them winning this division, and obviously Vegas has been buzzing recently. Right. Um, do you see like? with the injuries and everything, do you think Colorado has a chance of winning this division? I mean, I think you really don't want to come fourth just because you want to avoid Vegas right off the bat. But, right. Um, with their injuries and everything, like I, I fully expected them to be head and shoulders, the best team in that division. And they haven't been, but is that because of injuries? Like obviously McKinnon's out now. McCarr's missed a little bit of time. Um, and before that, they were they were kind of doing really well. So, um, with those when those guys come back in, do you see them making a run here? Like, because because they got some ground to make up. They're five points back of first with uh, one extra game played than Vegas. So, um, definitely an uphill climb there. Yeah, it's you know what, man. It, it I'm not I'm obviously not wanting to to jump the gun a little bit here, but um, you know it's tough to tough to watch a team season after season just continuously have high expectations and then uh you know they just they get the injury bug and then you know they're right back down at the the bottom of the the standings like trying to fight their way back up all the time and it's like you know this is a team that i have been a fan of for my whole life right so i've seen i've seen the ups and the downs um and Given the players that we have right now and just how good they're doing, it's it's sad because when you get to the playoffs, you can't gel as a team if you haven't had all the players there for the whole season. Like it's almost like you're going into the playoffs with a new team, you know? And yeah. that's one thing that's really frustrating to me is because right now guys can't stay healthy and it seems to be not even the same guys either it's it's different people that are getting hurt at the same time like the injury list right now is um mckinnon mccarr bowen byram connor timmons eric johnson jt Comfer, pavel Francos, and matt calvert just got back last night um when they lost to arizona or sorry yeah it was arizona um yeah so you can't like these are that's i mean Right there, that's what, like, yeah. one, two, three, four, four defensemen that all are starters, yeah. all of them, yeah. every single one of them. So how are you supposed to excel as a team when you're constantly having guys that are that make a big impact 
on the team be out for a significant amount of time. And like McKinnon is apparently supposed to get back soon, but um, apparently the game plan for a bunch of these teams is to like go out and, and hurt McKinnon, like go out and hurt number 29. And that's what we saw with, with the uh, hit to the head. Um, I can't even remember his mouth or um, Blitchfield or whatever. Uh, I don't yeah, even. I'd never heard of him before. Yeah, he's only played four games in the NHL and he got suspended for two games. So that just goes to show you they're like, they're not tolerating that kind of head contact. And we talked about it before, but at this rate, if Colorado doesn't get healthy, I don't even see them making the playoffs, man. Like if I'm being wow. completely honest, because watching these games, it's, it's, super frustrating because we all know that this team is is they were the stanley cup favorites at the beginning of the season right and it's not that mckinnon or landis cog or rantanen are having a bad season at all it's just how are you supposed to adjust when every single game you're playing with different people you have a, a goaltender in philip grubauer who has been lights out and he's been great but you can't play him every single time and then when you want to play when you want to give him a break, you're playing an AHL goalie that, you know, when you need that clutch save, you're not getting it, you know? That guy blessed my fantasy team last week. Mika or whatever? Hunter Miska. Yeah. Yeah. He's, Miska. uh, he, he got, yeah, he got a, a win last week, but, you know, there's been the, the couple games that he's played, he's, he's been mediocre at best. And yeah, he almost had a shutout in the one, though. Yeah. Was, exactly. Like, yeah. Three, three nil to like the last minute. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say, dude, is that like you look at their playoff run last year and it was the same story, right? Like injuries, 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 and to key positions, key players, obviously yeah. goaltending was the big one. Right. Um and I feel like they have an unprecedented number of like high, high end skill. Um where like even if you look at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has that high end skill, but then what really rounds out the team is how good they're they're like they have like three lines of second line players right 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 and then they have like the high-end skill in Braden Point, Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman um maybe like a Sergachev as well Sorelli can probably fit in there um but then like you have those second guys secondary guys like Kalorn, Johnson, Andre Pilat, um, Andre Pilat, right I feel like Colorado has more of those top top guys you look at like even coming out of junior people that have been like the star and i think that like allows easier chemistry or i feel like it's easier to just plug and play like once everyone's healthy you know like you look at plugging mccarr and byram mckinnon like guys like that into the lineup like they're gonna make it work yeah um so i would say like if you're gonna get the injury bug better now than later yeah because here's the thing dude as long as you make the playoffs if colorado's completely 100 percent healthy going into the playoffs i i think i favor them in any series matchup yeah vegas would be a tough one obviously but um you're gonna have to get through them eventually right so yeah exactly and and you know what that's like one like kind of silver lining that they're injured now maybe they won't be injured later yeah you can only hope yeah, exactly, right? And you're hoping that these these injuries that they're like you you're hoping that they don't sustain over the course of the year because that's when, you know, they're they're in deep trouble. And it's like yeah. you know, uh guys recently that have been stepping up like Valerie Nichushkin 
has been playing uh, lights out. I'm pretty sure he has like three goals in three games uh, and like six points. So um, he stepped up big time and he's played on that top line with Ranton and, and uh, Landis Cog, um, which is actually kind of interesting because with McKinnon gone last night, they had Ranton at center, which was interesting. Um, interesting, yeah. Yeah, but um, it's it's you look at a team like Tampa who's won the cup um, and then you look at a team like Colorado, and like you said, there's a lot of guys there that, you know, they, they're, like, their second line right now is Kadri, uh, Brandon Sod, and Burakovsky. Those guys, to me, like, scream second line. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Complementary of the first line and, and can, uh, interchangeable on the power play, stuff like that, right? Um, yeah. And it's, right, like, recently, uh, they just put Eric Johnson on long-term injured reserved. So that's about six million cap space that they have right now. And everybody is saying, you know, well, Joe Sackick needs to make a move. And people are thinking, well, you know, it could be for a goaltender because that seems to be where the issues lie right now. And mm. every single season that before the season starts, the number one um, Achilles heel that people say is, well, okay, is Grubauer going to be that number one? Okay, well, if he is the number one, who's the number two? Because right now... Francois is also on long-term injured reserved, and apparently he's not coming back anytime soon. So we can't go on a big run without having a backup goaltender because that was exactly what happened last playoffs where we got handcuffed. We were <laughs> we were in a seven-game series against a, a hot Dallas team that are shooting against Michael Hutchinson. Yeah. Who played not well, anymore. but he's not going to get you a cup. Like Hutchinson yeah. is not going to get you a cup. So, you know, I, I'm hoping that Joe can, can, and like maybe even next episode, we could talk about, you know, potential goalies that they could go after yeah. um, to go on a, a run or, or sign for a couple of years, even. I don't know. Depending yeah, on, on, trade bait episode. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it beg like with the expansion draft coming up after this year, there's going to be a few guys that get picked up off of Colorado for sure. Like, I know that there was going to be potential unprotected players, and I'm thinking Eric Johnson's contract is up this next year. Um, and I know with the amount of young guys that are in in the lineup, like I doubt they're going to keep him, right? So it's there's there's a lot of things, and you know, I mean, there were trade rumors earlier in the season, maybe even before the season started, about Carey Price tech, uh, potentially going to Colorado. But yeah, I mean, with what you said about. Uh, Talking to your aunt, you said? Yeah, no, my grandma, actually. Yeah, yeah, there you um, go. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, she didn't say it outright, but I feel like there's a decision to be made there on price. Yeah, so, exactly. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, Colorado has the pieces. Yeah, I, I'm i not saying... is not afraid to make a splash. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not going to make the playoffs, but right now it's like, it's hard to, to watch them play when... Yeah. You know, they're going down 2 nothing within the first, like, 15 minutes of the game, and then they come back and win games, and it's like, well, you didn't need to lose to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. but we'll see. It's, uh, it's a tough situation over there, but the injury bug is never fun, especially just because you don't want these these guys, they're, they're trying to, you know, be able to walk after they play hockey, and, and these injuries yeah, is like, injury. like, this is going to potentially affect your your everyday life so yeah um yeah. if in a perfect world everybody in the nhl would be healthy at all times that would be amazing but <laughs> obviously with 
not sports played. It's fucking yeah. But all right, Mike. Well, we're up at an hour and twelve right now. So, um, oh, is there anything else that you wanted to quickly uh, throw out there before we signed off? I I got I got um I want to talk about uh one specific draft class. Um, okay. But you know what? We're we're up there on time. I think we'll save it for next week, maybe. True. Um, okay. I'm gonna rip into it a little bit then, and uh, yeah, no, I'm good for today. We had a lot to talk about, and dude, we still do have a lot to talk about. I know. It's a good a good idea. Rip some trade bait. We got to talk Jack Eichel. Got to yep. talk Harry Price. Goaltending situation in in Colorado. There's plenty to talk about there. So yep. Um, hyped up for next week already, baby. Yeah, a ton of storylines in the league every single week. And, you know, it makes our job easy because, you know, we oh, have yeah. tons to talk about at all times. So, um, yeah, guys, thanks. Thanks again for uh, listening. Um, all right, for our socials, of course, if we haven't already dogged you enough, it's because, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to grow here and we're trying to, you know, talk to you guys and get more content out for you. Um, so follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore pond. Uh, you know, tweet at us, send us a fan question. We'd love to answer your questions. And also, um, there's a lot of people out there that are, they have a lot of knowledge for hockey. So if you, hey, maybe if we even say something that you have a different opinion, tweet at us and let us know. Um, we're mostly active on Twitter. In terms of our Instagram, we're we're still working on it, but um, we're going to get that going as soon as we get, you know, a little bit more traction there. Um, but yeah, go follow us on Instagram at... Uh, uh, the pond hockey pod. Whew. Hell yeah, baby. Oh my God. Almost slipped there. <laughs> I'm on a streak. So, um, but yeah, guys, uh, go follow us on our socials and, um, yeah, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening again. Uh, we, a question of the week. eh? Yes, please do that, please. So, um, also shout out Mark Kennedy. Once again, you're a beauty and we love your questions. Keep interacting with us on Twitter. We love it. So, um, yeah, guys, thanks for listening again. We'll catch you next Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and yeah, we'll, uh, see you in the next one. Enjoy watching hockey and, uh, enjoy the nice weather. So, all right, guys, uh, peace, peace and peace. What up?